party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week, we are joined once again by Russell Collins for the next installment of our ongoing Project Wingspan campaign. We rejoin Klaus Winberg, retired army pilot turned cybernetic super soldier, as he attempts to maintain a balance between the war abroad and the war at home. It's a super fun episode that features some really cool tweaks to the Project Wingspan system, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. So let's go ahead and dive right in and throw it over to me in the past so he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week I'm sitting down once again with Russell Collins. Russell, thanks so much for coming on Party of One. Oh, thanks. It's always great to be here. So, previously on the Project Wingspan saga, uh, Klaus Winberg was deployed in secret to the neighboring country of... Sent him to Astoria. Astoria, thank you. Uh, Sent to the neighboring country of Astoria in secret to disable the Project Behemoth, Mm -hmm. which was a massive building-sized weapons platform. It was horrifying. (laughs) Uh, And then on the home front... And then on the home front, uh, Klaus had to settle... uh, Tensions were rising between the Prior Paul and the People's... Or his his council. Oh, uh, right. His Citizens Council. Right, right, right. The Citizens Mm -hmm. Council and Mm -hmm. what was the other organization? They didn't really have a formal name yet. Oh, yeah. There's an angry mob forming about trying to take down the Citizens Council and... Sort of. Yeah, there's there's basically um, a, a two... Factions are forming up. Prior Paul Dumont, who has his Citizens Council, which are pushing a very loyalist agenda with a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, citizens tests and that kind of thing and looking out for spies. But meanwhile, uh, Emma Dubois has has come into town with uh, a group of, of protesters who are actually uh, insisting on trying to find peaceful resolution now rather than allowing bloodshed to continue. So uh, Emma Dubois, I guess you could call her the peace movement if you need it. <laughs> the peace movement. Um and had formally uh, come to a head with Klaus offering to moderate a debate between the two parties mm-hmm. to hopefully bring some measure of peace to the town of uh, Idol, mm-hmm. and hopefully, hopefully, keep things from going any more topsy turvy than they've already gone. Mm-hmm. This it was it was just after he had spent some time studying and prepping for this uh, debate that he was pulled aside mm-hmm. and told that it was off to another exciting adventure in the life of the Rocket Man. Yes, yes, yes. So let's uh, let's pick up right there. Sounds um, perfect. Yeah, uh, Commander Boza, as usual. Drives you in the jeep down mm-hmm. uh, towards, uh, you know, towards the, the mini airfield where they hop you on a plane and fly you not that much further out to uh, the scrapyard. Uh, from the direction you're going, you can tell it looks like they're aiming you back toward Asturia. Okay. Previous operations, you know, like like they, they take you a little bit uh, east, which means you're heading towards the eastern front mm-hmm. rather than south or west towards the Hansen front. Uh, he doesn't have a lot to say to you on the ride, just, you know, keeps things... Uh, uh, Keeps things terse and pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, when they I, think are, I think I exactly return that. I don't think that we're exactly on the most social of terms at this point. Not right now, no. Uh, it's actually uh, very early in the morning when you arrive at the scrapyard. Uh, the um, uh, technicians are there, of course, in their usual layout. They've got all their strange equipment heaped up on these collapsible tables. They've got the little um, you know dressing tent set aside for you. Um, you know They rush you through the, the pre- Mission things get you changed into the into you know into the changing gown, hand you uh, the uh, uh, injector. But as they're they're doing all this, they, they sort of part, and uh, you see a woman uh, wearing a general's uniform, sort of standing there in the midst of them. Like as they're all bustling around, she's 
standing stock still and just sort of staring at you through the whole uh, process. Um, as the uh, last technician hands you the injector and starts mm-hmm. to step back, she moves up behind him, taps him on the shoulder and says, just a minute, and uh, uh, steps up to you. Yeah, uh, she's got full general's mm-hmm. regalia on and, uh, you know, she's a looks a, a little young for her, um, you know, for that position as general. Um, she gives you a nod. Uh, I have to stop my eyebrow from co- from cocking mm-hmm. as I give the full salute. Mm-hmm. And I say, uh, I guess always good to see a, uh, a new face, <laughs> I suppose. Guess. She uh, snaps the salute back to you, um, smiles and uh, nods. Um, yes, uh, I'm General Delaney. I'm going to be uh, taking over command of this operation, so I thought it'd be best to sort of see the uh, rocket man deployment in action for myself. Now, this is a name that you've heard sort of swirling around mm-hmm. in the news. I mean, General uh, Fontaine has been, you know, the general prosecuting the defense of Morovia. Sure. But there's been some concern that Fontaine hasn't really been making headway. I mean, after Operation Backstab, you know, you smashed into the city of Stausburg, you sort mm-hmm. of opened a hole in the line. But Fontaine didn't push that hard against it. He's been fighting a very defensive war, and this is getting some people back home upset. Mm-hmm. Now... The name of this Delaney came up because on the Hansen front, she uh, made some serious headway by pushing through some valley passes and taking some kind of risky actions that did end up recovering land that uh, they thought had been lost to the Hansen advance. So now it seems they've uh, decided to apply her efforts Mm. uh, to the Eastern front. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, it's exciting. Uh, Uh... I can't say Klaus is entirely excited about the prospect of fighting a more aggressive war, though. Mm-hmm. I suppose if it gets us to some sort of peace agreement sooner, then I guess that's the price we have to pay. So he'll he'll sort of nod and say, uh, you're in for a show. <laughs> I hope so. Operation Hammerblow is meant to be the push that brings this war to its end. We've pulled reserves from all over Morovia. Uh, even from your home area, I, I suppose. We pulled the Northern Infantry 8th out for uh, for this. And, uh, well, <clears throat> things are left a little light on the Hansen front, so we're hoping you can bring this to a quick and decisive end. You see, Stalsburg recovered sufficiently that General Coleman has been able to root his troops in there. We need to push through, we need to smash that resistance, and we need to begin a real march toward the capital. I'm hoping you can be the... Uh, tip of the spear, and not be wasted in the way that Fontaine has used you up to this point. Well, um, I will certainly do what I do. Uh, Quick and decisive have been calling cards of mine for some time now. I guess since you, since they, since I did this to me, and it'll be we'll do what we do best. She gives you a, a, you know, a kind of a, 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 she gives you a little chuckle, she gives you a nod, and she she turns and walks away. Her carriage is very aristocratic. I mean, that's part of the reason why people were nervous about her, her coming into this role. I mean, she, mm-hmm. she is from an aristocratic family. It was one of those things where it's like, well, wait a minute, why is this rich girl becoming an officer in the army? Is this some kind of nepotism thing? Blah, blah, blah. But then, after the, you know, the actual successes in pushing back the Hansons, she has risen through the ranks as being, you know, someone who's willing to do what needs to be done to get things done. So, uh, once she is back, um, 
you know, safely out of range. She takes cover with the others behind the little, you know, makeshift shelters. Sure. Um, you hit your injector and mm-hmm. uh, the, the machine wakes up. Um, you know, the, the, the tiny, uh, um, you know, little pieces of the machine fly out mm-hmm. of you. They begin dismantling the, you know, the, the rusted wrecks of old cars and the, the broken, uh, you know, uh, chunks of machinery, mm-hmm. tearing mm-hmm. that stuff down into dust, carrying that sort of glittering uh, uh, cloud back towards you, and they begin shaping you into your weapon form. So what is your, uh, what's your weapon form like on this deployment? We've uh, seen some interesting things of late. You, you know, typically the Rocket Man has had more of a, uh, you know, uh, you started out with more of an airplane mm-hmm. construction. Last time things got more uh, uh, heavy, as heavy mm-hmm. weapons oriented. But then you transformed into something more sleek and mm-hmm. Art Deco. What's, uh, what's the Rocket Man's form uh, these days? I think it, it, the, with this transformation, it, it sort of makes, it takes on a markedly, uh, it's not as flashy. It's, um, there's a little bit of, it's almost reading a sense of hesitation in Klaus's mind to make something very, uh, functional. You know, there's some big clunky guns on the backs and the shoulder blades, uh, it's still got the wings, but it's, it's not as, it's not as, as flashy as it was previously. It's more like, it's more, uh, practical. It's more functional. It's sort of minimalist. It's... He's because he, he it, it feels like it's it almost feels like it is holding itself back as he is holding himself back a little bit. Okay, cool. Um, all right, let's go ahead and pick out your upgrades. Uh, your machine good. level is four, so yes. tick off four of those uh, boxes for your upgrades. Remember, you can tick off fit and focused. Okay, good. That means you get to add um, a die to each of those. And I'm going to tick off. Uh, Def, I'm going to take off strong and observant. Okay, so you can add plus two to your die results when using those two skills. So you've got your, uh, got your, got your, uh, uh, sort of loadout together then. All right, you take off and fly out on your way to the, uh, to the Asturian front. So, uh, we're flying back towards Stylesport, mm-hmm. uh, last place where you had your operation, uh, uh, um, backstab. This, um, Stylesborg, as you fly out, you, you hear sort of the, rehash of what you heard. Uh, General Coleman, the man responsible mm-hmm. for, you know, as the commander of Behemoth, has refused to give up the city. Right. Um, he is, you know, it's uncertain if he's trying to revamp uh, Behemoth or if he's just trying to strip it for parts and leave before that. But that means that there's still a strong uh, resistance uh, in this space. But it's also still the best place for the uh, Morovian advance to go through. So there are um, several missions involved in this uh, in this Operation Hammerblow. Now, I'm changing the structure of this slightly because sure. the idea is that in uh, in the past structure, um, I decided how many missions there were or whatever. Sure. Um, I kind of like the idea of that relying a little more on you. So each okay. mission is going to give you dice to roll at the end of the whole operation. Okay. And that'll sort of tell us how costly this battle was for the enemy and how much closer we are toward the end of the war. Cool. So Cool. I like that. Yeah. So right now there are three uh, uh, missions involved in Operation Hammerblow. Um, the first two are the only ones I'm going to tell you about right now. Okay. Because uh, the Morovian soldiers are advancing uh, through the town, and they need to be defended uh, sure. from the enemy forces doing that. It's just dawn now as you're starting to approach. Schausburg was that you know heavily built up industrialized factory city type thing. Um, most of the smokestacks have stilled, of course, but there's still you know smoke bubbling up out of uh, wreckage here and there um but a large part of the town is now just you know inert uh as uh, all the people uh, uh have fled well 
and the uh, you know the buildings have been uh, left uh, as the, as they stood. Um, let's see. Let's start with that first group. So the uh, Moravian soldiers are um, marching into into town in sort of you know combat formations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, moving forward as advancing lines. There are you know tanks in support rolling along and marching along on on either side of these columns of, of troops. Uh, the air vehicles are flying in and uh, doing bombing and strafing runs on some of the gun emplacements in the buildings. Uh, what's picked out to you as sort of the later, the you know, the, the major challenges that are, are holding back this advance is uh, there are um, still active weapons on the behemoth weapon platform. Sure, looks like they've tried to patch it back together a bit. So you know that's that towering shape still stands there in the middle of town. And, uh, you know, some of the guns on it are still active and they're shelling and launching missiles and so on down toward the, uh, toward the Moravian, uh, soldiers as they come up. There are also, uh, some sniper nests along one of the main streets that mm-hmm. have been, been harassing people and have, have stymied uh, an approach there where they need to get close enough to tear down barricades. Uh, and then there's also, uh, one of the, um, one of the commanders has pointed out, um, what he believes to be a flanking maneuver uh, by mantis walkers, which are these very small, single-person mechs that move very quickly. So, so I guess there were, you said there were behemoth weapons, and there are snipers in snipers uh, bunk hunkered in? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And um, one of the commanders reports that he sees um, some mantis yes. walkers that he believes are on a flanking maneuver of a column. So these are the these are the first three objectives thrown at you okay. on the first mission of the operation. So what uh, what target would you like to choose, and how would you like to deal with it? Uh, I think I have to take down Behemoth first. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I I didn't finish it off last time, and it's my right. it's my primary objective this time. Okay, that thing cannot be allowed to stand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I mean, flying towards you, you can see that these are sort of makeshift repairs that have been made on the thing. You know, like guns from tanks have been hoisted up and welded into into place on the side of it. You know, they've reloaded the old missile racks. That it's mm-hmm. you know, there's still signs of. Of the damage, the one weapon platform that you sort of unhinged is still hanging, but uh, this other platform has been sort of shored up, and uh, troops are running around on it and loading the guns and, and all that sort of thing. So let's talk a little bit about one of the one of the changes I've made uh, to try and speed up combat. All right, which is that um, buffs um, and debuffs are no longer separate roles. Okay, it's added into the single role. So if you're approaching this weapons platform. Um, you're going to have to deal with the fact that it has two buffs. Okay. Uh, there's heavy armor plates that have been welded over the thing to try and shore it up. Sure. And there are anti-aircraft missiles that are perfect for shooting down something like you. Sure. So here's how the new buffs work. Uh, I have a challenge number. Instead of stealing dice out of your hand, which always is depressing for some reason, uh, instead of stealing dice out of your hand, it increases the challenge number for, okay. you know, by a degree for each of these buffs. The first buff adds three to that challenge number. The second buff adds two to that challenge number. So this two buff thing gets five extra points added onto its challenge. The way that you contend with them, instead of having a separate action, you know, to debuff, Mm -hmm. what you do is you sort of add on side skills to your action that you feel will counteract each of those. And those counteracting skills, you don't roll dice for them. They're sort of free to do, but they will subtract more power. Okay. From your actions. So you have to spend more time and energy if you don't want to try and just power through right. that high difficulty. Um, but it's not also, it's not going to require additional dice rolling and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So what's uh how are you gonna deal with this with this weapons platform? What's your um, approach? I think that the 
I don't think that the miss. I think dealing with the missiles is not the best approach because, like, I'm not going to be able to get a short. Get, I'm not going to be able to shore up a good shot if mm-hmm. they are, if they are, you know, shooting me out of the sky. So I'm going right. to have to go low, go hot, and go through their armor plating. So I think okay. what happens is, like I said, it's very stripped down. It's almost like almost bodysuit esque with a jetpack and wings on the back. But then mm-hmm. as soon as I as soon as I see the armor plating, uh. The guns on the shoulder blades start, like, reaching out a little bit and start widening, Mm -hmm. and pretty soon they are, like, these big, like, drills, basically. (laughs) And they start whirring, and they start whirring really fast, and they start going, like, red hot. (laughs) And I'm just going to, like, hit the thing head on and just try to, like, drill through that armor plating. Okay. And, like... Try to scatter the people inside by by way of, like, punching through the armor plating. All right. Well, um... So here's sort of the the, the thing, is, the, the way to do it is we sort of pick your primary skill, mm-hmm. the dice you're going to be rolling, and then we can talk about what side skills you're adding on to debuff. Now, right now, the challenge is pretty severe. I've yeah. got two buffs on a thing with a challenge of a seven, so you're looking at a 12, right. which is tricky even for you with your upgrades and upgrades and upgrades. Right. Um, it sounds like you want to try and find a way to counteract the heavy armor, mm-hmm. and that's good because that'll knock, uh, knock it down by two will be... Back to a challenge rating of 10, which you've handled pretty well in the past, actually. So taking off that one buff might be enough to uh, to get you what you need from this situation. So let's uh, let's figure out what your primary action skill is. And, and then pick out some secondary skills. Yeah. I'm feeling like I want the... I think the primary skill is probably strong. Okay. With yeah. fit and strong, right? Like, because I'm just like... Powering through. Punching through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the primary skill is that. What's What uh, skill... Are you using for your debuff? Um, you know, uh, uh, what what are you adding on to this that uh, lets you uh, use that red hot uh, drill power? Um, probably, I could see it being intellectual. Mm-hmm. I could see it being intellectual. I think that would make that would be if we were doing it because in the, in terms of like figuring out the sort of mechanics of building a drill that is hot enough to melt through and reinforce metal, but not melt away. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Now, the, the the requirement of the skill is that, you know, we sort of be able to work into the narration, but mm-hmm. also that your skill level be at least the number of buffs that uh, this thing has. Fortunately, all your skills are at least level two or higher, and I mean, you've got increases from your uh, from your machine. Mm-hmm. So none, none of that's going to get in the way unless you have to deal with something that's like, you know, a level three buff or whatever. Right. So you've got, you've got the, the skill for it. All right. So now it's time for us to see how hard you hit. Let's roll the dice and All you're right. going after that challenge of that is 10. Five dice because five I'm rolling my fit of five. A mm-hmm. four plus one for an upgrade. Mm-hmm. And your high roll is a six. Six plus one plus for one a for seven. seven. Good. Uh, that is 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12. Oh, wow. So we could have done this even without the, the debuffs. All right. I'm not playing around this time. No, no. It's it's time to time to get this stuff done. All right. So, yeah. Um, the drills heat up. Uh, you plunge headfirst towards this thing. Now, remember, 12 being above the, you know, mm-hmm. above the, the, it's not a pass result. It's a win result. So there's going to be a bit of overkill So. Here. I'm trying to decide if I, I I could bump it down to ten. I've could got buy two down, joy. That you could buy it down. That would sort of clear out all your joy for this, and it is the first objective of mission one. So I'm going to do it because yeah. I'm because I think my secondary objective will definitely feed into my hope. 
in terms of like keeping those soldiers safe as That's they advance. True. So That's I think, yeah, true. for now, you I'm absolutely doing it. it. I'm taking that. All right. I'm taking that pass, I'm bumping it down. I'm making sure not to spiral things any further. Okay. So at the last minute, you managed to avoid uh, slicing through the uh, ammo um, dump that they're basically loading into all of the uh, into all of the uh, uh, guns, and instead uh, you can steer towards another one of those linkages that mm. held the platform up. Um, you cut through that, just you know, uh, burn your way through it, uh, uh, melting a tunnel through sure. all that armor plate. Uh, the platform lurches to one side and, uh, um, you know, shakes and all the, the troops start screaming and hurrying and trying to climb back up to get away from it as, you know, shells begin to tumble end over end over the, the side of it. Uh, you know, part of the gantry gives way and, uh, yeah, and the, the entire uh-huh. platform lurches again to one side, similar to what you did to the, to the, the previous one. You put right. it off balance so all the, the troops are scrambling to get away. So nothing like, uh, you know, nothing like a reliable strategy yeah. to, to work there again. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. So uh, let's talk about the cost for that action. Yeah. Because you roll the six. Six is a basic power cost. Right. And then you uh, debuffed one of the uh, buffs. So what that does is, instead of us having to make a separate roll or whatever, it just adds to that base. It's going to add three points to that cost. So rather than having you roll twice, you know, and like one power thing, another power thing, we did that one roll. That's the six for your roll, plus three more for the energy it took for you to actually take the effort to debuff. So I'm going to mark that off. And your power is down. One. So we destroy the weapon platform with... Your fit and strength. Good. Okay. So that's the first objective down. Um, All right. Yeah. And since you are protecting the lives of the troops, I think you get your point of joy, one point of joy back. All right. So good. It's, you know, it's the thing you want to do. It's in your wheelhouse, protecting people, defending people and so Mm -hmm. on. Uh, but now we still have to contend with the fact there is a sniper nest that right. is uh, raining fire down on the uh, uh, troops who are trying to get up to the barricades. Right. Um, they can't really get the tanks in there, unfortunately, because uh, they're trying to go up the main street, which has been turned into this sort of zigzag of, of rubble and barricades and broken tanks. Uh, so these troops have to have to have to march in uh, themselves to try and clear it out uh, with their sapper charges. So. This is, should be a little a uh, little easier to deal with. It's a lower challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does have one buff because these people are sharpshooters. Sure. Um, so the challenge uh, is a six plus the three for the buff okay. there. So it's actually a challenge of nine that should deal with these these you know um, these uh, uh, Asturian sharpshooter sharpshooter troops up in the windows uh, and these cupolas overlooking the main street. What's your approach to dealing with them? Um, I think my approach to dealing with them is I've I've punched out of I've punched through the behemoth. I'm mm-hmm. back in the air. Mm-hmm. I think the best thing to do is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm gonna like charge, <laughs> like fly towards them, take their you know, mm-hmm. bring down, bring their fire on me, mm-hmm. and try to punch into the snipers' nests and like take them out by hand. You know, mm-hmm. I'm getting these big Hellboy hands of doom hands back mm-hmm. that I've grown in the past. And yeah. starting to get a little bit more flashy as I'm kind of like in my element again, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I'm, and and so like yeah, I'm attracting the fire specifically onto myself so that the soldiers aren't getting sniper fire rained on them, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try and like take them out basically by hand, hopefully okay. not killing anyone unnecessarily in mm-hmm. the process. Well, it sounds like we're not really going for a debuff. We're just heading right in there dealing with the challenge nine, which yeah, yeah is good because that uh, that will save us on powers uh, hopefully. So let's uh, let's make the roll. We're right. uh, yeah, we're going for five dice. Yep, five dice. Adding 
Uh, yeah, and one die for that. We're going to take the high roll. Oh, wow. Four fives. Four fives. So that's so a total five. That's an eight. Eight, just from the, eight from the dice alone. Eight from the dice alone, <laughs> um, which is a nine, ten, mm-hmm. uh, fourteen. Fourteen. It's a fourteen, so I probably didn't do the whole uh, unnecessarily killing people thing. Because <sighs> well, I probably can't pay that down to a nine. <laughs> hmm. Well, yeah. I think... The best way to sort of explain what, what, what happens is, yes, you punch in through, you know, one of the sniper nests, and you do draw all their fire, all their attention, mm-hmm. you know, bullets are pinging off you, um, you know, you just start smashing your way through, breaking things, um, you know, a couple of troops, like, uh, start scattering back away from you, scrambling, like, pulling out pistols and taking shots that just sort of bounce off you, uh, until finally you land one really strong punch uh, against mm-hmm. uh, one of the uh, walls, trying to sort of, you know, collapse in part of the roof mm-hmm. and more collapses than just that part of the roof yep there um there's you know this uh, uh crack and rumble and the air fills with smoke and debris and you know and and uh chunks of plaster and concrete begin raining down around you and so you mm-hmm. have to like fly away from this uh, uh collapsing mess and you realize that that entire facade of the building is shaking and chunks of it are breaking mm-hmm. loose and falling down into the street. And on the other side, uh, the, the snipers have been distracted. So one of the tanks wheels around, takes a few shots, and that building as well just goes up and on the sides of it, you know, break open and uh, begin raining, you know, their contents down into the street below. So that is a tick on the anger track because overkill yep 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 um, a little bit just yeah. a little bit of overkill. <laughs> just a little bit of overkill you are still trying to defend your troops though so mm-hmm. uh i will let you get the joy for that you know it's a win mm-hmm. so we get that uh we took that up there um but that does get rid of that second one now best part is your power cost for that was only five great you rolled a five and you roll all those extra ones there so let's see this was a sniper nest again a strength fit type thingy uh, four, one minus five. Why am I can't do math? Thirty-six. Thirty-six. Suddenly, can't do math. All right. Anyway, um, good. Now, as you fly out of uh, there, um, the air around you suddenly lights up with little right. flak explosions and so on. Um, it's time for us to talk about the second mission objective. All right. Uh, apparently, the enemy are bringing in uh, some relief uh, uh, units. Uh, there's a group of Hund marching tanks. Those are those four-legged tanks. Right. Um, yep. You know, trooping in um, on a hillside, uh, you know, sort of in the uh, – just outside the, the, the main – center of the city, an area that probably at one time was a park, but has been now turned into all these like ramps and runways and things. Um, Those, you know, tanks are are marching in and have begun uh, aiming more specifically at you. Mm. Um, You know, they're they're firing flat guns up into the air. They are uh, launching missiles and so on. Uh, And you see at the back of this group, there's a Blue Beetle Command tank. Mm. That's a big one. That's like a Mm -hmm. six-legger, eight-legged, you know, thing that's like, you know, uh, trundling along. It's, you know, covered in in these gimbaled gun turrets and, uh, you know, uh, so on and so forth. And then you quickly get a note crackling over your, um, over your, uh, uh, your um, uh, uh, headphones telling you, that must be General Coleman's command tank. You can see his livery painted on the side of it. And it is indeed. This uh, tank has been painted up with all kinds of uh, 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 sort of like um, rampant lion uh, family crest type thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Over over the dull gray of your typical Asturian weapon. It's all dull gray and black, you know, and dull gray and and, and silver. But here we have this sort of red uh, lion painted on it, which shows this, this commander takes great pride in his machinery. 
Now you you um, think you remember Coleman from uh, smashing through the front of of the behemoth uh-huh. and uh, uh, assailing him with these like you know supercharged sounds that right. uh, yep. chased everybody out, and he he seemed to take a very particular interest in you. So yeah. now <laughs> that interest continues. Yes, as he has his. Uh, his command tank and his other tanks flying, uh, you know, driving in mm-hmm. to, to try and smash you down. Um, so that's our second mission. There are two objectives to that. There's the Hund tanks and mm-hmm. there's the command tank, the, the Beetle. Um, but we still have to deal with the fact as well that there are also those Mantis walkers mm-hmm. that are on a flanking maneuver. You can now see them from where you are, yes. They're, they're looping around behind some side streets. They're these small, uh, sprightly things. They're like a one-person uh, uh, walker mm-hmm. vehicle, but they're also, you know, they have really long, like, uh, uh, extending um, these sort of spring legs that uh, let them leap over this rubble as they, uh, you know, go uh, hopping around in the, these side streets and back alleys towards the side of the uh, advancing Moravian column. So where do you think your <laughs> attention belongs first? Uh, I think the first place I need to go, I need to take out the the walk. Like, if they're going to focus on me, then that's fine. But mm-hmm. fine. At least as, as long as I'm in the air and as long as I'm as long as I'm dancing around, I don't necessarily have to worry about the tanks mm-hmm. or the blue or the beetle like t- like turning on to the soldiers. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to focus my efforts on the mantis walkers for now, because sure. those will focus on the soldiers. Yes. If I if I take a few pot shots in the meantime, I can take a few pot shots in the meantime. That's not a huge problem. That's not a huge deal for me. Okay, so yeah, you fly down towards those uh, city streets. Um, as you you know zoom over the Morovian forces, you can almost hear them cheering over the sounds of mm-hmm. you know, gunfire and explosions. Like you can see, like people like you know uh, looking up toward you. Yeah. as you fly overhead. And it is kind of a, a mix of Moravian soldiers. Like you can see, the, you know, the insignia of all these different mm-hmm. units that have been pulled from all over. I mean, you know, the ones from the the, the you know the southern units where they have like the um this you know the wave symbols on their uh, on their infantry uh, badges and their flags, and then those from the north who have you know the the trees and uh, the mountains as uh, emblems on their uniforms. Uh, that would be you know where uh, where well uh, you know where Marta. And uh, Brahm have, have ended up in those mm-hmm. groups of soldiers. Uh, but yeah, there's cheers and shouts as you fly overhead, uh, heading into the side streets. Now, the Mantis Walkers, um, they're sort of painted in that same dull gray of the uh, uh, Asturian uh, you know, troops standard thing. It is kind of like a capsule around a, a pilot with these long spindly legs. Right. Um, they have, uh, they got, you know, uh, some buffs on them. They're able to leap over these distances. So they're very, it's very difficult to, to track them easily mm-hmm. uh, without getting in close. But then they also are sort of built for close combat in a way, and that mm-hmm. they have these mechanical um, appendages of these sort of lashing blades that they're meant to use in anti-infantry actions. Um, so they're a challenge six. They've got those two buffs uh, on them, which would make them more difficult if you're sort of going after them and trying mm-hmm. to get in close to them. Uh, staying back out of range is one way to sort of debuff those situations, uh, or, you know, just trying to power through with, uh, some other form of, uh, modification to your system. Um, so their challenges six, and then with the two buffs on them, we're looking at an 11 challenge to deal with them. Uh, I'm going to hang back. I'm going to, uh, like, like fly, stay, like fly low. Mm-hmm. Stay like fly low, making sure to sort of stay within the within the sight range of the tanks and the beetle, mm-hmm. making sure that they and they have their guns pointed at me mm-hmm. as I sort of take aim and sort of the two drills 
sort of extend back out and turn into like sniper rifles and from one of them a little viewfinder like bursts through and kind of positions itself directly over my right eye as mm-hmm. I kind of like take aim and the the guns sort of find their par- target and then open fire. Okay. Are you using a, a debuff for this or are we just going to go for straight shooting, uh, shooting um, at these things? I think we'll go for a debuff mm-hmm. of perhaps either intellectual or observant. I'll let you decide in terms of like Take in terms of like targeting, in terms mm-hmm. of basically like upping my targeting capacity even beyond my the machine's mm. sort of inherent sort of inha- the the machine's inherent sort of like targeting computer. The secondary thing is like mm-hmm. is like it's a first person shot where like we see that the targeting computer is not just showing where the mantis walker is, mm-hmm. but it's showing like the three places it could jump, could be, and yeah. so it's like giving me a little bit of predictive. Well, that's good because your observant uh, is what is guiding your your gunshots, right? So this intellectual, the, by, by, by doing that, by trying to track their locations, we're bringing in another skill. Yeah. So that's good because then we can use intellectual as sort of that secondary skill. So our primary skill, our primary attack is going to be made uh, from observant, but we're debuffing with help from intellectual. So yeah, okay. Um, let's roll for that. So your right. observant is based on your focus. Which is five. Um, which is five. Yep. And I've got plus five from observant. All right. That's a Six. That's uh, 11. 11, okay. Which, um, let's see, what did I say it was? I think it was 11 without removing the buff. So, yes. Uh, so with the, the buff removed, it's a 9. So there we go. We've got that um, We've got that 9 difficulty there, and you've got I'll, that beep. I'll, I'll, bump, can, down now that, I'll yeah. bump down that joy again. I'll take those two joy and bump it down to a 9. Take that as a pass. Okay, sure. We'll take that as a pass. Um, the... The best way to deal with these mantis things is you realize to sort of like track them in advance. You start leading the shots mm-hmm. a long way. Um, you know, they start bounding around. Once uh, once you, you know, take the leg off the first one, mm-hmm. uh, it just sort of smacks into a building and then you know, uh, collapses down to the rubble. I mean, they're these spindly things. If you can knock off one of the limbs, you basically immobilize them. Uh, the others notice that and start hopping around once they realize they've drawn your attention. Um, but with some careful leading and some expert sniping, you're able to once again just knock a leg off one or smash open, uh, you know, the uh, the control capsule of another, uh, and so on, so that they they just end up uh, uh, collapsing one after the other into the the side streets there. Uh, you know, the pilots struggling to uh, to get out after you've immobilized all uh, all of them. All right, so that's a pass. Uh, oh, I don't get you a point of joy for a pass. Has to be a win, unfortunately. Yeah, so but I'll take I'll take the. Yeah, we'll take I'll, we'll take the cost, but that's I'll fine. take the cost. It th- that's more the, the because I'm already at three on my anger track. That's true. One more anger uh, track, and Morovia gets, gets yeah, angry. So I'm <laughs> I'm gonna hang back as best okay. I can. Cool. And take so, passes where I can. Yep. So we had a six on that. Yep. And we uh, had one uh, debuff, so that yep. adds three to it, which costs nine for that action as well. So we're uh, okay. We're going along there. So we sniper shot out the. Um, mantises. All right. So we're still looking at the uh, Hund and mm-hmm. the uh, Blue Beetle Command Tank. Uh, those are still there. Uh, they're, they're still focusing their attention on you, but, um, you know, if you're not there to draw fire, right. they can do an awful lot of damage to the uh, the advancing column yep. of Moravian troops. So um, where's your where's your attention going to go first? Tanks first, then the tanks first, disable them, mm-hmm. take out, the, and then, I've, then the beetle's all mine. Okay. Uh, the tanks, um, since you've already dealt with a heavy armor plating elsewhere, uh, their heavy armor buff does nothing for them. You hadn't done anything to counteract missile 
defense, however, and they mm-hmm. do also have missile ranks. So right. these uh, missile racks. So these tanks are going to be firing their their missiles at you, and uh, they have started um, putting out smoke screen around them to try and sure. make it harder to, to shoot them at range. Once they realized you turn into a sniper rifle and you know a flying sniper rifle. So um, those are the, the the marching tanks you're having to do with. They're a challenge of seven, and with those two buffs, that goes up to a twelve. But since you've got all of these uh, upgrades, I don't know. You're you're in pretty good good shape to deal with these kinds of, of challenges. So yeah, that, uh, it's up to you. Um, I think I'm just gonna I th- I'm rolling five dice, so the mm-hmm. odds of not rolling a six are slim. Yeah. So I think I'm just gonna I think I'm gonna go straight and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just gonna go for just it. Go for it, yeah. Because I feel like when I've been when I've been debuffing it, mm-hmm. what's been happening is I've been is I've been I've been winning. Mm-hmm. So if I go for it straight, at worst I at worst I have to keep firing, but at best I I can get closer to a pass. Okay, so we're firing through with uh with the yeah. modified sniper rifles, which are yeah. now armor piercer piercing, of course, because, right? Of course, because you know. And now, now they're firing laser beams. Like now it's a full on like <laughs> oh, yeah. they're now yep. like they they sort of thicken mm-hmm. and like you see the veins of energy coming through them as I like let loose just one big like one big consistent like slicing laser beam. <laughs> so this is five dice. This is going to be plus five for observant. Okay. So I need to get a seven. Uh, challenge seven. It's a, a challenge seven. Uh, it's a twelve. So when you get two sixes, so I think I am going to debuff one of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll debuff. We'll, we'll take out a debuff. Sure. Um, we'll take out a debuff. We'll take out the smoke screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. Or actually, we'll take out the missile racks. As I think, what's going to what I think happens is, I'm like, I'm still. I'm not 100% comfortable with the machine, so, like, mm-hmm. in- instinctively my hands kind of come out to sort of, like, frame the shot. Mm-hmm. I'm still, like, kind of, like, trying to do that. Mm-hmm. And as they do that, my fists sort of involuntarily close into fists, mm-hmm. and then rockets form on the side, <laughs> and I rocket fist out, and the missile and in-, in-, in such that they, like, mm-hmm. detract, like, they catch the attention of the missile of the, the heat-seeking missiles, mm-hmm. because now there are these flaming missile fists flying around that mm-hmm. they're going to... Uh, dance around. Sure. So you've uh, effectively sort of put up uh, some some chaff for yourself yeah. with that. Okay. Um, yeah. Which uh, which skill do you we'll want to call that? Intellectual. I, I, I think. think. Yeah. I think yeah. you're probably right with that as well. Okay. Good. So that'll that'll be that'll be that. So we've debuffed one. So now we're uh, dealing with the ten yeah. difficulty. Okay. Let's see what we get. I see two fives. Two fives plus five is eleven. Okay. Good. Which is good because you would have needed that. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. The uh, <laughs> the trick works. The missiles uh, start going after the sort of heat source of those other rockets that you sent right. out. Yep. Uh, leaving these uh, tanks without their defensive measures, uh, other than the smoke screen, and you know you just sort of fire into the clouds of smoke. Um, there are uh, um, you know there there are sparks and sizzling and uh, explosions. Uh, you know, and chunks of tank come fl- rocketing out of those uh, smoke clouds uh, in bits and pieces as that, you know, laser beam carves this uh, glowing mm-hmm. red uh, streak along the hillside there. Um, that removes them. Now, that's a win. That is a win. That's going to put it up to four anger. Four anger. We've tripped over the anger limit there. So now, everybody in Morovia getting a little more bloodthirsty because, mm-hmm. hey, look at our super weapon. Look what it can mm-hmm. do. Look how it can take down an entire column of tanks. At once. Yep. So, yeah. So there we are. Um, Operation Hammerblow is looking good for General Delaney now, I've got to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's um, only going to look better, unfortunately. Yep. So, um, as that, um, you know, as the smoke begins to die down from those, uh, you, you know, focus your attention back over on the uh, command tank. 
someone is standing on top of the thing. There's a guy in 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 as you you know can look at him like as if as soon as you're interested, the machine you know mm-hmm. focuses your your vision, zooms in a little bit, you know, cleans up the the noise, and does all these weird things that you don't quite understand just to make sure you can see what you think you want to see. It's that guy who you were you know uh, who you saw on the command deck of the Behemoth. Mm-hmm. It must be General Coleman. His, General Coleman. Yep. His uh, head is bandaged, particularly. Over his ears, he's standing on top of the tank with his field glasses up, you know, looking at you and pointing in your direction as uh, all the, you know, guns in the back of the tanks, you know, swivel and try and track you, you know, putting uh, uh, shots up in the air. And um, then he uh, raises his hand in a in a fist and brings it down suddenly. Mm-hmm. And there is a rumble that goes through the entire um, uh, foundations of the city. And the behemoth, off now, you know, a couple of blocks over in the distance, uh, big metal plates of it just slide off and collapse into the plaza around it. I mean, these gigantic metal pieces just break off, collapse, and smash down into the streets, like, you know, crushing the remains of tanks underneath them and all that. And gouts of fire and smoke come bubbling out of, of that. And you can see rising up on that column of smoke and flame are two huge missiles that uh, begin to you know rise up over the city. No idea what they're intending to do with those, but that does not look good. It sure doesn't. So what do I want to do? Do I disable? If I di- I feel like if I if I disable, I can't disable the missiles. Well, well, they're grounded, because if, if I do, then they might set off, and that's going to hurt a lot more people than it will save. Yes. Um, you uh, uh, quickly get the word from command that these are Hellsmouth Thermobaric Warheads. They are highly explosive, they have, you know, high-speed rocket engines, they are ballistically guided, and they are full of extremely flammable diesel concentrates. Uh, they're not really sure where these things are intended to go. There are two of them, though, and they're be- they've begun to track off in slightly different angles as they go up. So now, mission three, the missile launch. Hmm. So we still have uh, the second mission dealing with the, the you know approaching tanks, which in this case now is uh, really just uh, Coleman's command tank. Right. But then we have these um, missiles uh, uh, launching from the remains of the behemoth. I am going to... Uh, I-, I look... For a long time at Coleman, mm-hmm. I watch him for for what feels like what feels like longer than should be for the mission, mm-hmm. even if it is only a moment or two. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of like finger gun at him mm-hmm. and fly off towards the missiles. For a second, you almost feel like you've locked eyes with him. The way that he's looking at you, like his field glasses are down at his side, but the way that he's looking at you, you know, and 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 the gesture, there does seem like this sort of like weird. Even though you know he can't mm-hmm. you know, really see that gesture, you you, you, you can you sort of feel that, that actually, energy from him, that same sort of of, of just you know uh, enmity. There's no, actually, not you can't. It, it's not even a finger gun. It is mm-hmm. it is a two finger like casual like mm-hmm. I'll see you soon, officer, as mm-hmm. I fly off towards the 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 missiles. Okay, just a, just enough, just casual enough that it's disrespectful. Gotcha. So the thermobaric warheads uh, seem from which you can quickly track to be heading toward the rear of the advancing Morovian column. Mm. This is a column of troops that is, you know, a couple miles long. And these warheads are, uh, you know, <laughs> they're going to land outside the city, but this is where, you know, the, this other group of people are, are coming in. 
it's interesting. I mean, Command is kind of scrambling, trying to figure out why they did this now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what, 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 you know, if they'd had these weapons, why didn't they use them before? What's, what's this about? And then uh, you hear the voice of General Delaney uh, uh, shouting down over the text. Isn't it obvious? Coleman has made this personal. Rocket Man, this is about you. You've got to do this. Understood. Okay. I think I, I, I think I was on my way to take them out mm-hmm. before even hearing that. And when I hear it, I like, I was on my way. And when I hear that, like, I don't sort of like hop to it. I kind of like put, I kind of hit the two fingers to the, the bridge of the nose. Like, mm-hmm. of course, of course. Mm-hmm. And I fly. And what I'm going to do is try and grab one of the missiles mm-hmm. and basically like manually like push it towards the other one. Okay. So the missile um, has a challenge of eight. Okay. It's a big, dangerous, difficult thing. Um, it has two buffs on it. They are highly explosive, you know, very right. volatile. Uh, and they have um, high-speed rocket engines. Mm-hmm. So catching up with this thing is is effort enough. So it sounds like what you're really trying to do is you're trying to get close and with a sort of a, a feat of strength... Mm-hmm grab hold of it and and, and move it. Um, is there a debuff you want to try to put on that? Because right now you're looking at a yes, uh, challenge are, of 13. There are two, actually. Yes. Um, I want to use... Uh, I would like to use Observant mm-hmm. to sort of, like, figure out, like, kind of like, I, I where I can, like, drag this... I... I mm-hmm. Like piece together where on the where on the the projected flight path I can mm-hmm. kind of like smash these two things together mm-hmm. to sort of like catch up to it, okay, or sort of like observe it to figure out its flight path so I can kind of like cut it off and come up ahead of it, mm. and then deft to basically execute that right. Okay, so it's like I'm eyeing. I'm not eyeing again. It's it's a lot like the targeting computer. I'm not going mm-hmm. where it, I'm not going where it is. I'm going. I'm gonna come up where, where it will be. Yeah, okay. so I can grab it and sort of redirect it. I'm gonna when add it a, gets there. I'm going to add a little a little more to this. Because since there are two missiles, I'm going to say these are two separate objectives. Sure. Like, it's going to take two rolls to get this done. But this will get you on that first missile. This will get your plan started. Sure. The execution is going to require another another one. Uh, let's 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 make that let's make that roll. Sure. Is, uh, sure, sure. Strength. So, five, five fit. Four, yeah. five fit. Mm-hmm. Six strong. Or, yeah, six strong. Mm-hmm. Five, six, seven, a thirteen. A thirteen, which is uh, right on where you need to be if you weren't doing the two D buffs. Yep, but that's okay. Yep. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so this is a bit of overkill as well, um, which I will sort of hold on to mm-hmm. until uh, uh, after you've completely executed the objective. But just know that this thing is going to explode. It is mm-hmm. going to cause big damage wherever it crashes, and that's kind of the question: is where does it crash? But yes, you. Pour on the afterburners. Uh, you reach forward and, and you know and and uh, actually lay your hands on the missile. It's this you know it's a silo basically in, in, right. in front of you. But you uh, grab onto with those huge you know mechanical hands that start to dig into the into the metal. Um, and you know your your engines are already trying to work into even faster and full blast trying to to steer the thing away. Uh, the machine is doing all kinds of weird calculations in your head. You know you remember having to try and, and you know an eyeball landings and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. You know uh, work you know working uh, um, with your you know on and off the gauges in your plane. But whatever the machine is doing, it's it's far more advanced than that. There's there's some you know kind of much more advanced math going on in it trying to figure out exactly where this thing is going to go and how it's going to go there. And then the missile starts to pull against you. It starts to fight back. Mm-hmm. 
Because it has ballistic guidance mm. on it as well. So let's see. The roll on that was a five. And you removed two buffs. Um, removing the first buff adds three to the cost. Mm-hmm. That would be eight. Removing uh, a second buff adds two to the cost. So that means the total is ten uh, for that. So that's two. Grab missile one. All right. So we're, uh, we got the missile. Mm-hmm. We're struggling to keep control of it. The second one is peeling off, heading towards uh, the, the uh, rear of the Morovian column, uh, where the supply <laughs> vehicles are, where uh, all of the, the you know, um, reserves are, are uh, mustering and, and keeping up the march. What are we going to do? Uh, I am going to just try and, like, fly there as fast, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so I've got these big guns, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They they kind of peel backwards, and suddenly, like, for a moment, I'm kind of, like, weighed back again. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, like, boom! And I feel like these two, like, <laughs> giant jet engines, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's what's happening. And mm-hmm. I just sort of, like, pushing as hard as I can against it, I'm mm-hmm. going to, like, jet to try and catch up to the, catch the other one with the first missile, such that, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't explode, and, like, do it. Do it soon enough that it's high enough that, like, the diesel should burn up before it hits the ground. Okay. So, uh, the challenge for this one, because you've already dealt with the buffs of being highly explosive and having rocket engines, the only thing you're fighting against is the ballistic guidance. Okay. So, the challenge is actually um, 11 now. Okay. Um, this is to, to catch up to the, the second missile. You've already got, the, you know, the, your afterburners going and all that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's make that roll. It sounds like we're kind of going for the same, same again. Okay. Uh, yeah. So let's do it. One, two, three, four, five. That is two sixes. That is a twelve. Twelve. Okay. Well, that's good. That'll get you a win. I, yep. Yeah. Um, but we already said this thing's gonna gonna go up big. Yep. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let let you describe what uh, what happens here. You know that things go up big. You know yep, stuff gets wrecked in the I mean, process. But you did you did complete the yep. mission. So and I'm gonna argue that I got a point of joy out of that. I think so. You saved yeah. the lives of, of some people by, you know, by a, a massive explosion. And it happens, what it is, is it is described for generations as the, as the, the second, the second star, the second star of midday is what it is, <laughs> what it becomes known as, because they're straight up like a, for a brief second, uh, I'm picturing this and like, late evening mm-hmm. and for a brief like for a minute or so it's it's like noon there's just a <laughs> full-on like sunburst in the sky mm-hmm. as like this thing happened as this thing goes off and then it's like it just and it burns and it's just burning hot light mm-hmm. for a minute or so and then it slowly dissipates and these and people see this mm-hmm. for miles Mi- like miles upon miles of people seeing this like this explosion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything gets quiet. Everything. Just like all of the, the gunfire ceases, all of the, the explosions stop. I mean, the troops are advancing, just sort of, uh, everybody just freezes where they are. They flatten down under the ground, and it was this sort of like uh, uh, um, gust of wind. And then uh, because it's, you know, a, 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 you know, a thermobaric weapon, it's like a huge wave of heat. Mm-hmm. And then there's a backwash of that as the heat uh, um, gives way to the cold air. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the clouds overhead begin to mushroom from uh, from from this explosion. Um, yeah, and everything on the battlefield just just stops mm-hmm. for you know for, for a time. For you know, you feel it's it's got to be like a full thirty seconds. Yep. Everything just stops 
and waits as you uh, tumble out of this blazing uh, inferno in the sky. The machine is screaming at you crazily, and, and like you know, the, uh, you know the the energy released from this is like overloading you mm-hmm. somehow. But at the same time, the machine is kind of feeding on the mm-hmm. chaos of it, so that uh, 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 so that as you sort of emerge from the whole thing, like scorched um, uh, uh, and blackened, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like the metal melting off you, but immediately like reforming back into shape mm-hmm. so that you're kind of in this sort of weird, like flux, like uh, shimmering state mm-hmm. as you cool back down to, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to your normal operating temperature. Yeah. So that's that mission dealt with. And, uh, <laughs> big, big, uh, big explosions. Big explosions. Very big explosions. The um, you have some power left in your batteries. You've got uh, six power left, um, and uh, the the only objective left to you is the command tank with General Coleman uh, standing there. Uh, you know, from where he is, like just glancing in his direction, the machine shows you how he, you know his his mouth is just hanging open, his arms are hanging limply at his sides. Uh, his command crew are, are trying, you know, are desperately like one of them is desperately tugging. On his sleeve, trying to get him to climb back down into the tank. Um, they're trying to, like, you know, bring the guns about, move the thing a little bit, because without the pressure from elsewhere, Morovian mm-hmm. forces are starting to roll up that hill toward him. I think. Um, I think what happens is there's that moment, like that thirty seconds, where I'm just sort of falling, mm-hmm. and it's everything is just sort of like still, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like time doesn't feel like time anymore, mm-hmm. and then suddenly I'm clear, and I'm already flying towards not mm-hmm. the tank, mm-hmm. not the beetle, yeah. But General Coleman, mm-hmm. I'm flying to grab him specifically <laughs> because if he wants to make this personal, I am make you know maybe I might I am making this personal, but also the machine mm-hmm. is making this entirely personal. Okay, well, let's see the challenge of dealing with this objective of the command tanks. The challenge of seven. You've already dealt with a lot of the things that this tank had at its advantage. Heavy armor and missiles are no longer a hindrance to you. Um, the only things that it really has going for it now are the smoke screen that it's still trying to put out. You know, previously you just mm-hmm. sort of blasted through that instead of actually trying to contend with it. And the fact that Coleman is their commanding officer. So it has two buffs on its challenge of seven, making you deal with the challenge of 12, which you have pretty handily done mm-hmm. <laughs> in the past. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> any debuffs or are you just gonna, gonna go for it and um, grab this guy off the, off the tank? Um, I think I'm just going to go for it and grab him off the tank. Okay. I think that's what I'm going to do. Five, six. <laughs> it is an 11, 12. 12. Pass. Perfect. Perfect. I spend my last point of joy to just grab him perfectly. <laughs> I think it is so, if I may mm. describe this. Oh, please. I think it's that they're tugging on him. They're tugging on him and, mm-hmm. he, and it's just the smoke screen. Mm-hmm. And then... Like the smoke, it they don't even see the rocket man, mm-hmm. right? They see a plume of smoke, mm-hmm. and then the person tugging on it is just tugging on like a like a torn shred of fabric. Mm-hmm. As I've got him initially by the throat, and I have to like convince the machine, like, don't <laughs> do this, don't do this, and then I like kind of like put him maybe like mm-hmm. into sort of more like maybe uh, oh I know what happens oh this is creepy and weird mm-hmm. it like. I'm holding him kind of uh, in the, I'm holding, holding him, and my arms sort of, like, form a shell. Like, mm-hmm. it sort of forms a shell out of my, my chest, sort of forms a compartment, mm-hmm. and it sort of is just, like, 
caging him. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just a cage that forms that holds him as I fly off mm-hmm. into the night. Okay. Coleman, uh, 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 at first, when, you know, when you, you, you pick him up, uh, uh, he starts to choke out that same word you remember hearing him say once before when he saw you. Something about, you know, demon, mm-hmm. and then some other words that you uh, haven't uh, uh, ever really understood in Asturian. And then, yeah, you, you fold that cage around him and uh, um, wheel back around uh, toward uh, toward your forces on the battlefield. Uh, the tank crew, as you, you know, spin back around, are climbing out of the tank with their hands in the air as uh, some Morovian troops rush up the hill toward them. Um you still got one point uh, of uh, power left, so that worked out pretty well there with that five. Grab Holman. Good. Uh, so <laughs> your missions have been accomplished. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think um, I think with with Coleman gone, I'm going to call it and head back. Okay. Good. Um, yeah, I think you can deposit him, like you can deposit him with command or uh, you know or, or whatever. Or just, yeah, uh, I think yeah. that's exactly what I do. I just mm-hmm. kind of like drop him off mm-hmm. with command, like I drop him off with command and then just depart. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, you take off and start flying back to the uh, the scrapyard uh, where the technicians are are waiting for you, and also waiting for you is uh, General uh, Delaney. Um, after you land and you begin to dismantle your weapons and the you know techs rush in, get you, you know, get you fitted back in your clothes, get you all like dusted off and, and cleaned up and all that sort of thing. They do their their little quick medical check to make sure everything's okay and make sure the machine is properly asleep mm-hmm. and all that. Uh then she <clears throat> she uh, uh walks up to you, big smile on her face. <sighs> a few more of you in this war would have been over in a week. Yes, well I'm quite a weapon. <laughs> that you are. That you are the pride of the Morovian forces. <sighs> well, you go and rest up. I'm sure we'll need you again. Operation Hammerblow is a, a long-term commitment to the victory of Morovia. Of course it is. Dis- Noted. Dismissed. Thank you. And she wheels and heads back. Uh, Berza comes up, um, you know, uh, uh, to you. He's heard all the stuff over the radio, but hasn't seen any any of it. Mm-hmm. And he also seems to have taken on sort of a, a, a there's a weird sort of reverence as he mm-hmm. you know leads you to the car and you know and then and, and starts to drive you back towards town in a way. I mean, th- this explosion thing. By the time you get home, already. There, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, that's in the newspapers. That's already being talked about over the transistor. Sure, uh, you know the, the radio and, yeah. and, the, and the you know the the, the video phones are already people just chattering about like what what this you know this happened this huge thing, and then by um, late afternoon, broadcasts and so on are already going out from General Delaney about how this Operation Hammerblow is a success. We are moving into Asturian. Um, you know, terrain, they will learn that, uh, you know, that, that, that they cannot uh, expect Morovia to, uh, you know, to, to, to reach an armistice until, you know, we have dealt back to them whatever pain they have caused our people. And, uh, yeah, and so uh, you're back in town, and uh, it's time to try and uh, get, get back to normal a little bit. So, I've got a debate to go to. Yeah, you've got a debate to go to. So let's do the, a bit of a, a battlefield wrap-up. Because, okay. So um, the anger ticked up a bit. We are at level four. There's one mark under it. From previous times, despair is still only at one. But I do remember that the, I had ticked the mark underneath it. So that didn't go over. No battlefield losses. Right. Everybody in Morovia is still confident and assured and 
getting pretty bloodthirsty, actually, because they're winning and they're winning big. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more, <laughs> a lot more uh, uh, aggression out there. Yep. But now let's talk about that thing I was saying about missions and objectives. So you completed uh, one mission. Uh, you completed one um, uh, mission with three objectives. Yep. And then two more with two each. So pick up three dice for your first mission. All right. Roll them, and let's find the high number, as we always do. Five. Five. So that's going to cost five. And uh, roll roll two of them for this right. other objective. Six. Six. And then roll two dice again for the third objective. Six. Another six. Wow. Okay. So you cost the enemy quite a bit of their uh, weapons and materiel. So what I've been doing to try and track the overarching uh, mm-hmm. war is I've got a stat now called reserve. And that's how much resource and energy the enemy forces have to start sure. throwing against you. And each time you complete one of these missions, you get to roll some dice to see, oh, how costly was it for them? So this Operation Hammerblow was 17 out of their total reserve. Now, the number right now is secret because I didn't haven't been doing this sure, <laughs> in the sure. previous right. mission. So I'm still trying to work out exactly uh, the math on it. But um, but that's great. Yeah. So you have, uh, with this, you've done some decisive damage to their... Uh, you know their, their infrastructure, their their ability to continue the war, and once that reserves run down, we reach the end game. It's mm-hmm. time to figure out, you know, what happens at the armistice, right? Uh, what happens after the war? Where do you go from there? But uh, we're we're getting closer to that, so soon. All right, should we uh, start uh, start talking about what happens in town? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, I'm going to put some uh, time on the war clock now All right. for our various actions. Um, Anger is four with one check, and despair is one with the one check. So let's, uh, oh, where did we leave off? There were a lot uh, of fun things going on we around We were town. just about to start off a debate between the peace movement uh, of, and Emma Dubois, of Emma Dubois and Prior Paul Dumont's Citizens Council. Yes. I was going to be moderating this as a as a supposedly impartial party. Mm-hmm. Somebody with a vested interest in both the Citizens Council and also the Citizens Council disbanding because my friend Gene, mm-hmm. he'd be better off without the Citizens Council poking around. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. All right. So, uh, people are very riled uh, at this event already. Sure. People are already getting kind of hot headed, and there's already some grumbling in the crowd, and they've already been, uh, uh, you know, they've already had to have the, 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 you know, town constable has already had to break up one small fist fight outside before things even get started. And like, you know, they're threatened that they're going to, you know, cancel this whole thing if people can't calm themselves down and, you know, and, and engage in the proper spirit of this of this event, which is to let everyone, you know, hear everyone, air their views and let people, you know, make decisions for themselves about what all this means and all that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, so uh, um, Prayer Paul and Emma are on sort of opposite sides of the, the town hall. Um, Prayer Paul has, of course, put on his old, you know, veteran's uniform, you know, shined it all up and all that kind of thing. Uh, Emma, she's actually, I don't remember ever describing her. She's kind of a young activist kid. Sure. So she's dressed in a more modern fashion, meaning, uh, the stuff that she's, you know, her, her outfit is a little more, uh, unisex, so to speak. Sure. You know, she does, um, sure. she looks a little, a little more like a, like a city kid sort of playing at being one of the. Um, you know, people from, uh, from, from, you know, the, the <laughs> from, you know, the farming communities, you know, and that her stuff is, is cut more like a workman's clothes, but obviously made of nicer fabrics and that sort of thing. So, you know, she's, um, she's got a, a, a defiant air about her, uh, sort of like someone who's trying to uh, distance 
herself might have been a, a more um, um, urban look mm-hmm. about sure. her. You know, yeah. Um, hey, she's come out here into into the boondocks to try and draw sure. up attention for her movement. So, um, <clears throat> but the uh, the two of them, um, you know, each take up their opposing uh, points and begin their their speeches. Uh, you know, accompanied by crowds cheering and booing and a lot of stuff in between the the back and forth. Um, right. The upshot of all this is that Emma supports um, a program to help neighboring countries with their economic disparities. She insists the whole reason why this war began is because of problems of the people of Hansa uh, as their economy crumbled, Mm -hmm. looking um, at the borders as their only way to bring themselves back from the brink of a total financial collapse. And the Disturia, similarly, is suffering <clears throat> um, from failing crops mm-hmm. and so on. And it's no wonder that Morovia being, you know, the, the fat and happy uh, country sort of sitting at the center of all right. of this would be, their, would be their target. In fact, she brings up the fact that the mountain ranges uh, to the west were originally Hansen land and were sort of, um, you know, taken uh, as part of the treaty agreements after the last great war, forcing mm-hmm. formerly Hansen people to suddenly start speaking Morovian and, and you know mm-hmm. and start living like citizens of a country that they, they you know they were at war with not very long ago. Uh, Paul, however, stands up and insists that Morovia won its place through industry and, when necessary, warfare. You know, they don't owe anything to these other countries. You know, we are the best because of our achievements and our accomplishments. We, you know, uh, it's all well and good to talk about the idea of, of sharing across this nation, you know, across the mm-hmm. national borders to try and, and you know, and, and uh, uh, support one another. But there's always going to be a winner. There's always going to be a loser. And Morovia has been that winner and as such deserves its place in the world. So that's kind of what's been laid out to you. Now, what's your goal as moderator, because I can tell you a couple of the possible things that, that could be affected by this are that um, since you're back in town, your outcome here, if you win, you have the option to try and reduce some of the anger or reduce some of the despair right. to try and, you know, to try and, and do a little bit to temper the mood around here. I think that's my number one priority is mm-hmm. to reduce, especially reducing the anger. I'm not so worried yeah. about the despair. You know, we're doing all right, mm-hmm. but tempering the anger, yeah. dialing back the sort of uh, blood, the the hunger for bloodshed, mm-hmm. dialing back that bloodthirsty, that bloodthirst. Yeah, feels like it needs to be done sooner than later. So I think uh, as moderator, I'm hoping to take an approach, like you know, emphasize that all these viewpoints. There's that there's there's validity to there's validity mm-hmm. here, uh, mm-hmm. but more most importantly, uh, the common thread is uh, that of a community, is that of is that of, of friendship and sort of emphasize you know play up the uh, play up play the role of the the kindly peacekeeper and mm-hmm. sort of like ensure that neither that no parties lose sight of all of that right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it sounds to me like we're sort of shifting away from anger and mm-hmm. Paul being the uh, avatar of anger in, the, in town. <laughs> sure. Yeah. He's probably the guy. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, uh, sort of the challenge of trying to, in a way, turn his argument to be the, 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 the least yeah. acceptable one. Um, so um, I think this, in your case, is going to involve probably being more convincing yes. uh, to deal with prayer Paul. Uh, his challenge for this situation is well he is typically a six your um 
tolerance for anger is a two. Right. And the world's tolerance for anger is a four. So people are generally more upset and angry than you are comfortable to deal with. So yeah. his normally six challenge is actually an eight. Okay. Because of, you know, him being empowered by the world of, of anger and outrage right. and so on. So we're dealing with a challenge of eight for your convince action. Boy, those numbers do look a lot smaller once you don't have a giant machine sure uh, <laughs> turning you know, turning you into uh, the engine of, of power and, and They uh, sure do. And I used a whole lot of joy to make sure that things didn't get worse. Yeah. So let's see. What are we what are, what's what are we contending with? We've got two dice, two, two dice charming plus three. Plus so I just three. have to roll five. That's true. If you can roll the five, you can you can make it. Alright, let's see what we got. All right. Did not roll a five. Oh, four. Okay. All right then. Um, well, you talk about uh, uh, you know the idea of of, uh, of this more like you know coming to a better understanding and not letting people get torn apart away from each other. You know, keeping it all together, not uh, uh, letting this sort of thing divide us. And it seems like you are sort of winning favor, really, with Emma's side. Mm-hmm. You know, like they 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 more agree with with this attitude. They're um, they're very, you know, uh, they're sort of falling in line with that idea and all that stuff. But then uh, uh, Paul sort of shoots back at you. He sort of makes it personal. Like, mm-hmm. Klaus, you're a soldier. You understand the one great truth of this whole thing. Peace does not end war. War ends war. Peace just fills in the space that's left behind. The war will continue until warlike people are done with it. Then it will be time for peaceful people to decide. So, take comfort in the fact that the future is yours, but the day belongs to me. And with that, the, you know, Mm -hmm. debate ends. Uh, There's still a lot of grumbling, a lot of uh, uh, complaining among people uh, Mm -hmm. uh, about things. Um, And, uh, yeah, we'll sort of see how that that plays out uh, uh, in the near future. But the general feeling is that more people are on Paul's yeah. side coming out of this than on Emma's, and uh, so there's, you know, there's some concern already that she and and her uh, her followers are looking antsy. Um, she, you know, breezes past you. Well, thank you for trying, uh, soldier. I suppose there's only so much you can do with where you came from and what you are. Yeah, I suppose can't help what I am. Okay, so uh, let's see, you rolled a four. Yep, so we'll take some time off the clock. And this was the debate, which unfortunately was a loss for you. Right. So you took a point of pain yes. from that loss. Doesn't affect the town at large. This is just you and your personal issues right now. But also because it wasn't a win, we aren't able to tweak the anger and despair with that action. Maybe with a, a future action, we'll be able to make some adjustments. All right. So uh, first thing I want to do now that I'm back is... Uh, so that didn't go great, and I know that okay. I know that like I know the things I'm good at, and mm-hmm. talking isn't one of them. And I need to be better at talking if yes. I'm going to do to fix this. Okay. So I'm going to train my charming up that last little bit. I trained it up to two two ticks mm-hmm. on two last time. So yes. all I so if I train it, it's going to go up to a three. Right. Yep. Train it up there. It'll go to a three. Good. Put that up to a three. Okay. And now I roll my roll two f- dice. Uh, three, three, dice. three, three dice. dice. Yep, three dice for a, a talent upgrade. Four. Four, so it costs you four time yes. in order to do that. So, all right. 
So tell me, how do you? What what else do you do to try and improve your uh, <clears throat> your your uh, uh, charming abilities? I mean, in um, the past, this has involved like you helped prayer Paul with like debate prep, mm-hmm. and other times you just did a lot more to like be friendly and outgoing with people. What's uh, what 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 things do you do around town for a while? To- uh, I think the answer to that is nothing. For I think I spend mm. about two days in front of a mirror, like talking to myself mm. because I I. I I'm I'm embarrassed that I didn't that like I wasn't able to sell my to sell myself and sell my story and sell mm. my perspective. So like I bury I feel that machine right. Mm. I feel it in my gut, <laughs> and I I just I'm like I am I am I am not operating at a hundred percent efficiency. What am I talking? Why am I talking like that? It doesn't matter. I'm not operating at a hundred percent efficiency. I need to be operating at a hundred percent efficiency. Mm. And I spend about two days in front of a mirror, just like. Yeah. Telling stories and then periodically being like, that was garbage. What am I doing? That was garbage. And then like telling the whole monologue, the whole mm-hmm. thing over again until I get to a point where I'm like, it'll do. It'll do. Okay. Good. So by the <clears> – <throat> once you've sort of finished your uh, uh, um, <laughs> your little self-imposed exile, it's time to get uh, back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, Nilla is uh, still – nervously you know every time you see her she still uh, uh uh looks she looks less and less like she's she she she's um got any energy left in her mm-hmm. like it's fairly obvious that sleep is is sure. a fitful thing for her as she's worried more and more about what the the the, the economy of the war right. is doing to uh you know to her company to the winery to the um the business i mean you know so as you go in and out of the you know the warehouse she's always there shuffling the books back and forth trying to figure out where she can borrow money how she Mm -hmm. can shuffle stock around and all that kind of thing to try and keep her business afloat i mean wine is kind of a luxury item people are Mm -hmm. certainly happy to have it but when they can't export it uh or you know or or safely out of the country then that's an awful lot of business that is just gone right um and of course she has to provide rationing for the uh the soldiers which uh you know required for for military uh um events yeah that stuff that that's you know so she's uh, <clears throat> scrambling to try and deal with that. Um, after one of your um, uh, shifts, uh, I think you should probably go and uh, pay Hana a visit. Yeah, I think her take her out to take her out to dinner. It's mm-hmm. been a while. Sure, I've not been around. Been the most reliable. So I'm going to take her out to dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to take her out to winter, dinner. Uh, if there's any wine available for purchase, I'm going to purchase a little wine. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it up real nice. Sure. Well. um... You're on your way to um, take her out, uh, um, you know, for your date. You've already made arrangements to do so. Um, and when you uh, get there, um, you see that she's sitting uh, at the kitchen table. Um, she immediately apologizes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not ready. Not ready to go yet. I'm trying to sort this whole thing out. And she gestures to the kitchen table, which is just a heap of packing uh, paper and uh, string and little bits of wood and cardboard, and this one lone uh, record platter just sitting in the mm-hmm. middle of this whole mess. <sighs> Marta wanted to listen to some of her old music. Apparently, they've got a, a, a gramophone in, in her unit now, but all anybody wants to play is this transistor stuff. She doesn't like the sound of it, so she wanted me to send her one of her old albums of, of the folk songs. I don't even know where she is now. I mean, how can I pack it so I know it won't break on the way there? And, and I you can see she gestures to like piles of torn paper. And I, 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 I stop her. Rewrapped. I mm-hmm. stop her right there and I say like, go, get ready for dinner. And when you come back, this will be packed, packed, 
tied, ready to ship. This is what I do. This is kind of what I do for a living. Working in a <laughs> working in a packing house. It it would be my absolute pleasure, as long as it meant that we got to spend the evening together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. So, uh, <laughs> this is interesting because this is a chance for you to tr- sort of do this by being yeah. uh, deft and handy yep. in order to to win her over. Now, uh, the challenge for this is um, because it's her. She's a challenge five because she's kind of a ordinary type mm-hmm. person. It is up a little bit though because of the anger in the air and all that sort yep. of thing. So this is a seven. Right. Because, you know, screwing up on this is really going to harm her mood. Because sure. she's, you know, everyone's on edge. Everybody's agitated. That's what sure. the, the anger means. But, uh, yeah, so you're dealing with a, a seven, and you've got your fit uh, uh, of four dice. Yep, four dice. Deft of two. Yeah, yeah. Two. Let's uh, do it up. All right, I got a five. That's a six. six. That's an eight. Eight. Okay, excellent. Yep. And that is involving Hannah. So mm-hmm. that was a, that's two joy. That's two joy you get there. And you can also deepen the bond with yes, her because this is a good that. scene. So your bond with Hannah hits three, which is the maximum. And I might there. argue for another point of joy mm-hmm. for my drive. Your drive. If I am like hopping to it, being I- skipping hopping to it. It's true. I'll allow it. I'll allow right. it. Yeah, I'll give you the three. All I mean, right. I probably should give you the three anyway because the bond increased. All um, right. So yeah, so your bond, yeah, bond with her. So that's uh, yeah, three joy from that. That is a win. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so things are uh, are uh, are neatly come, packed up. When she, she comes she back comes down, mm-hmm. and yep, there's just a package, and it. I you, so the paper, all of the crumpled up packing paper is gone, mm-hmm. and the box has been like perfectly stuffed with it, and mm-hmm. like in such a way that like the pet that like. I shake it a lot, mm-hmm. and being being who I am, I probably shake it a little too. Like I don't mm-hmm. anticipate my strength at first. Yeah, but it's just silent. I'm like, mm-hmm. look, there is no movement on this record, and I like squeeze it again, mm-hmm. probably a little hard. Yeah, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. her eyes her eyes widen for a second. Yeah, and I'm like, look, it's 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 dense, mm-hmm. but it's packed quietly. <laughs> okay. Um, she uh, gives you a big hug. Says, "Thank you so much." It means so much to me that you can help me with these with these things. So let's go. Let's let's have our dinner. It'll be it'll be nice to uh, get away from things, and I'll drop that in the post tomorrow morning, and, and Marta can have her record. All right. So that's six. We are chipping away, and this was the record packing. And uh, yeah, your bond has deepened with Hannah, so your relationship is even closer now. Where where that goes is kind of up to you and her. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you've got a, a, a very committed bond uh, mm-hmm. with her now. She relies on you a lot for for things like this. She, you know, she has a, a great sense of of closeness uh, with you that uh, she, you don't really have with other people, mm-hmm. uh, especially not not these days. Yeah, which is which is nice. Yeah, uh, let's see. So uh, it makes me feel human almost. Yeah, almost. So we're at sixteen on the clock now. All right. Um, do you have any other? Uh, Actions you would like to pursue, uh, or you want me to throw some other? Uh, I would love at to you? Uh, check in uh, after hours with Jean, after mm-hmm. dinner, after after dinner drinks, mm-hmm. uh, romance. I'd love to stop in and stop in with Jean. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure that uh, everything is quiet on that front. Mm-hmm. You know, do anything I can to move any boxes or <laughs> keep things keep things on the down low. Yep. Yep. Um, you're not actually able to run into him that evening. Okay. People, people keep saying he's out. There's a neighbor who's looking in on, on Maria. Um, 
Uh, did I say Maria? Is Maria her name or is it Mary? I forget. Oh, no. uh, I think yeah, it's Maria. I know it's, I know it's Maria. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's a neighbor looking in on, on Maria. Says that Jean had to go out of town for a couple of days. Uh, don't really know why, but there, you know, there's people covering his shifts and all that sort of thing. You know, it, it kind of surprises you because you'd figure he would he would tell you something like that. Yeah. But, all right, fine. But uh, a couple of days later, you are able to track him down, um, and uh, he doesn't look well. Mm-hmm. Um, you catch up with him at work where, you know, he, he's, you know, filling out, uh, uh, you know, uh, ledgers and logs and talking about boxes being moved around. Um, he, uh, when he sees you, he, uh, gives you a nervous look and says, Klaus, why don't, why don't we have a drink? And he pulls out. I would uh, love to. Pulls out two mugs and, uh, some coffee, uh, begins. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> now he has actual coffee, which is a little bit showy right now. Okay. Uh, you know, most people have started to move to. You know, tea or ersatz coffee or whatever, because mm-hmm. you know it's getting getting harder to to find that in supply. They don't really right. grow that here in in Morovia. So you know, he, it might be a little flashy of him to do it, but mm-hmm. that might mean he's asking for a favor next. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> yep. Um. So he steps back, you know, into his little little office nook with you, and he he uh, shuts the door. <clears throat> Klaus, I want to thank you so much for the help you've you've given me with all this, keeping things together and 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 managed and all that. And it really pains me to have to ask you to do to do more. Um, but I've kept things quiet. I've kept up my of end. Course. I've kept things organized. I've, I've done what I need to do. But some of the people I'm dealing with are not as um, uh, above board, I guess you would say. <sighs> They're in trouble. Okay. The people who I hand off the packages to and 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 who, who pay me some of them got caught and there's they gave me a warning it might ripple back to me there are investigations there are there's this citizens council that has uh-huh. expanded i mean you know the one here it's still uh-huh. going strong i mean what yep. a few days ago they they made that dubois woman leave uh-huh. <clears throat> well they're they're looking into it more, and the trail is heading back toward me. I think I need to... I may need to leave for a while. Or something, until it quiets down. But Maria can't travel. She's... Of course. She's not fit to travel. Tell me what you need, and I'll make it happen. To the best of my ability. I'm going to need to, to, to travel out of town for a few weeks. I, I, I've already ginned up some excuses as a cousin of mine in the, the Southern um, Regiment who was uh, injured. Um, his parents are sick. I, I, I can say that I need to go and, and help him. I've already sent a letter and heard back uh, through, uh, through a trans, transistor uh, broadcast. And I... I I need you to help me find someone to take care of Maria Okay. while I'm away. I can't keep asking Florence, he gestures in the vague direction of his neighbor's house, sure. <laughs> to, to do that sort of thing. Not for, well, what could be a couple weeks. Sure. Do you think you can, do you think you can find someone? I guarantee it. I mean. You have my word. And, well. Let me say, you don't have my word. 
because I want to emphasize, I want to, I want to make something clear, Gene. Mm-hmm. I like you, <laughs> but this has never been about you. Right. This has been about the town. And now you don't have my word. Maria has my word. I will make sure she is taken care of. You go lay mm-hmm. low mm-hmm. and she will be taken care of. <sighs> Thank you. It, it really means a lot for me to have someone like you around, Klaus. I mean, you've it's, been, you've just been great to everybody here. All the, all the good that you've done for, for people and just. It doesn't feel that way sometimes, but I appreciate hearing it. Thank you again. I'm going to do some packing and so on. I'll, I'll, I'll be heading out to tomorrow evening. You can maybe come by and, and help, uh, help see me off. I know Maria is going to be upset, uh, but so I, I think she would appreciate you being there too. I, I can, I can, I can, I can make that happen. Thank you again. Um, well, drink your coffee. Drink your coffee. Mm, I drink it, and it is bitter, and it is rich, mm-hmm. and it is unlike anything I've had for a while. Mm-hmm. And it tastes real in a way that not many things have tasted real in a long time. Yes, that's true. I don't think we really brought a challenge into that. So I think there's a challenge that's going to roll out of that situation. Okay. I think we just did a little setup there. Yep. So that's okay by me. Do we want to uh, hop into the, the situation that follows? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So will you tell me, um, how are, are you Are you going to uh, ask Hannah to help take care of Maria? Absolutely. Oh, I think that's probably a good idea. Her that's probably the best idea. Yeah, yeah. Starting, but this might be, be good for her. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, so do you want the, uh, do you want Hannah to move into Jean's place to take care of Maria? Or do you want to, uh, suggest moving Maria up to Hannah's, um, house? About roughly the, the same kind of place. I mean, they live in the village, so they're, you know, they're, 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 they're quaint little houses, you know, small, but, uh, but comfortable. Um, I think I'll ask her what she would like to do, but suggest, but tell her that, you know. I think I come in, mm-hmm. you know, I, I buy, bre- I bring breakfast, I mm-hmm. bring croissants, mm-hmm. I bring that blueberry croissant that she absolutely loves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I sit down and I tell her, I, this is a lot. Mm-hmm. This is a big, this is a big ask. Oh. And I wouldn't ask it if I didn't feel comfortable asking it. But, you know, I am good friends with Gene Wassler. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. he works at uh, works at the at the winery. With yes, you. yes, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a good man. He's a good man, mm-hmm. and his daughter Maria is ill. She has been for a long time. Yes, yes. and um, unfortunately, he has to go out of town to visit his cousin in one of the southern regiments. Some difficulties. It's a lot. It's a lot of to get oh, into. Bring her here. Okay, we can, them, yeah, we can bring I would her love to for help. a few yes. weeks. If you if you could help out, that would be <sighs> ideal. Of course, that's no trouble at all. Okay, wonderful. It'll be, it'll be nice to have, you know, uh, someone else around the house again, you know? Wonderful. I'm, I mean, I, I like our privacy, but still, it's, you know, it's kind of a shame Marta's room just sort of sitting there empty like that down there. Yes, I, I, I thought that you might appreciate the opportunity. And there's, frankly, no one, I think, better suited to take care of someone than you. <laughs> it's really lovely to hear you say that, Klaus. Yes, uh, tell him that, that she can come here I'll set things up for her. Wonderful. So wonderful. Soon, so soon enough, the arrangements are are made. Marta's uh, room has been, you know, a little corner has been cleared out of the way, uh, and um, you know, Jean is uh, uh, has brought uh, Maria up there with her. You know, she she's settling in. 
Uh, you know, Jean gives you all these uh, packages of things for her, and then he kind of slyly slips you, mm-hmm. you know, some some uh, fancy food, you know, some some uh, uh, foreign delicacies, uh, and also a big uh, satchel of her medicine that she mm-hmm. needs. You know, like tells you like how many, you know, the dose that she needs to make sure, like you know, if she starts coughing really badly, give her you know a few drops of this, uh, all that sort of thing, so that um, you know, so you've got the the rundown with that. Um, and then he heads back uh, to town uh, to, you know, uh, make his – to pack up and, and head out on, on his way. Uh, ask you to just walk him down, you know, uh, to the house uh, so he can say some final things on the way about mm-hmm. what you should do. Da, 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 da. And then when you arrive at his house, you see Prayer Paul and a couple of other townsfolk are standing outside in front of the house. Uh Paul is sort of puffed up, you know, he's, he's doing that thing again where he wears mm-hmm. his old military uniform as if he's supposed to be, uh, you know, like on duty in it, which, I mean, man's long retired, but still. Ah, mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, Wassler, so I hear you're heading out of town for a time. You know, it's kind of a concern of mine, I think, when, when people need to sort of drop off the map, you know. These are difficult times, war time, for people to just sort of uh, uh, leave their duties and their jobs and to deposit their children with other people. What's so much more important than staying here and preserving your home in idle? And Jean is, uh, you know, well, I, I've got a sick, uh, 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 you know, uh, 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 aunt, uh, cousin, and their son was injured and all that. Yes, yes, of course. And those are people who will be taken care of by the proper um, insurances of Morovia. I still don't see why you have to leave. Unless there's something else going on, you know. There are always rumors of people who light in and out in the middle of the night from uh, their homes. I mean, I'm sure there's nothing untoward if anyone were to say... Go through your baggage. He gestures towards the steamer trunk. They wouldn't find anything illicit, no uh, black market goods or anything like that. Gene, Gene is, you know, is just sort of like fading, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, sure. uh, tr- trying to like you know to hold himself up. That's despicable and and disgusting. You can't do that sort of thing. It's a, a, a violation of our. Is it a violation, really? To I mean, obviously, if there's no wrongdoing, there's no reason for you to be upset. Wouldn't you agree, Klaus? He turns and you know and, and draws you into the conversation. You know, he's you know he, he's um, he tips his his head forward, you know, in a way. So there's that little 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 uh, a glare of his eyes under his bushy eyebrows, you know, and he puts a little bit of a sneer, twists his mustache up to one corner, and I um. We flash back to the mirror for mm-hmm. a minute, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I kind of get a cocksure grin a little bit. Yeah. And I lean forward and I say, so let me get this straight, uh, Prior Paul. Let me get this straight, Councilman. Mm. We have a man with a sick daughter and a sick cousin and a, and a, and a, and a wounded son and a wounded uh, nephew. Mm-hmm. We have a man with a sick daughter and a sick cousin and a wounded nephew. And our priority... Our priority as a community, as a town, as people, as friends, is not to comfort one another, is not to take care of one another, but is to violate our privacies, is to hunt the witches among us. Councilman, is that correct? Is that where this is going? Because that seems where it's going. So perhaps the perhaps the day might be yours, but it seems like the war might be, and I gesture out everyone else's if we have lost what is inside if we have lost our souls 
what are we fighting for? And I'm right up on him now. Oh, yeah. Looming over him. I want to hear a charming and convinced. The All challenge right. is still eight because it's still Paul. And, you know, that's that's what he what he is. Oh, that's a six. six. That's yeah. a nine. A nine. Okay. That's that's a win there. All right. Uh, <laughs> Paul uh, uh, um, uh, grumbles at you. How dare you spit my words back at me. Winberg, I want you to know that... I hold you accountable for this man's actions. If I find that he's done something illicit or untoward, I will come for you first. See to your friends and family. Make sure they are healthy and safe. And likewise with you, Winberg. Of course. And likewise, Councilman. Have a wonderful afternoon. He turns and storms away, and his uh, his you know his, his lackeys uh, follow after him. It's been a while since they've invited you to come by uh, come by their little office in the mm-hmm. corner of the of the city hall. But uh, yeah, hmm, I wonder why. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, you are thanked profusely uh, by Gene, who grabs his trunk and throws it in and the I, back of uh, of a horse drawn cart. I, I shake his hand and I pull him close and I say, once again. It's never been about you. <laughs> okay. And he uh, rumbles down the hill and, uh, and and out of town. So let's see. That was six. Mm-hmm. So we'll tick that off the clock. Um, that's protecting Gene from Paul. <laughs> uh, and since that scene involved Gene, yeah, yep, you got two joy. joy added to that. So you're doing pretty well, actually. Yep. Your joy is moving up there. If you can actually fill the meter, you can knock off that pain. And that'll right. be gone. So we're we're doing a good job. We'll, we'll be able to go into our next uh, uh, you know big scenes with a lot mm-hmm. of uh, a lot of ammunition, so to speak. Um. All right. So what uh, what else can we do? Uh, I guess we have to settle in Maria. Yeah, I guess it's true. We have to get Maria settled in and get her all so taken think, care of. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to manage that myself sure. because you know. Age is not an obstacle, so I'm, like, carrying bags mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. moving furniture and doing all of that stuff myself. Because it's like, Hannah, you're going to be doing so much over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Let me move. Let me remodel the apartment a little bit. Let me take care of this because, frankly, this is what I'm good at. Yeah. It is my job, after all. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um yeah, setting things up and, and getting those things organized is, is largely okay, but you're still trying to do a little bit to try and balance how to take mm-hmm. care of Maria. I mean, when Hannah's there, it's, you know, it seems that she sort of bustles in a lot of the time to deal with, uh, mm-hmm. to deal with Maria. Um, what's Klaus's background like? Has he been married? Has he had kids? We never I really don't touched think on he that. ever really, I don't think he has. Yeah. I think it's been, I think he's been. Uh, single and loving it for a long time, mm-hmm. and I think that this is the first time that he has uh, fallen in love with someone. Mm-hmm. I think this is the first time that he's actually like felt that, and okay. he's sort of settling into the role of family man more than he anticipated mm-hmm. that he would. Okay. Well, let's <laughs> let's have fun with that. Yeah. So uh, one night, uh, you know, a couple of uh, you know, it's a week into Jean's self-imposed exile. Mm-hmm. Um, Maria's had a uh, kind of a bad day. Uh, she's had some coughing fits. You've had to give her her medicine a couple of times that day. And that night after you come back uh, from the, um, you know, from the warehouse, uh, Hannah has to go excuse herself to do some shopping. Uh, you know, uh, apparently they finally got some fresh meat in the butcher shop. And oh. so she'd rather like run down there while she can get some of it instead of relying on more tins of this, you know, ground up pork that, the, you know, that the, uh, uh, the, the, um, 
government is you know is allowing people to buy for credits uh, mm-hmm. or, or something like that as part of the rationing program. So she's going to go get beef while beef is in town. Um, <clears throat> but as she runs out to do that, um, Maria uh, starts coughing again loudly. Uh, so you go in to give her her medicine, mm-hmm. and you realize that she's really just sobbing. You know, oh. the coughing is coming in between sobs. Um, I sit down next to her and I say, what's mm-hmm. wrong? Talk to me. I know my, I know what's going on with my dad, okay? And I'm scared that he's going to, he's going to get caught and hung. I saw that newspaper article. Um, oh yeah, that was an article you were trying mm-hmm. to keep away from her, but uh, apparently she, she grabbed this, uh, you know, she, she saw a newspaper that Hannah had left on mm-hmm. a kitchen table about a, uh, a black marketeer who was, you know, hung in the Capitol, uh, and how everyone came out to see that, because it was a great little demonstration sure. of, uh, of, you know, Morovian justice. <clears throat> and I know that he's been doing those things, and I just, I just keep thinking he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna end up like, like that man in the newspaper, and I just can't stop thinking it. He's, he's gonna die because I'm sick. And I, I smile, and I say, do you know what? <sighs> Do you know what your do you know what your father has that that man didn't? No. He's got me. And I smile and I puff my chest up a little bit and I say as long I give I give you my word, Maria. And this will probably be an empathize. Mm-hmm. And I say like mm-hmm. I give you my word. Yeah. As long as I am around your father and you and everyone else in this town is safe. This is, Idol will not be the kind of town that hangs people. You really can do that? I mean... I can do a lot of things. I can do a lot of wonderful things. Well, let's see. You're trying to convince mm-hmm. her, but you're doing it in... You're empathizing. Yeah. You're empathizing with her, so that's good. Uh, the challenge for her is uh, we're going to make it a seven. She's also a pretty, you know, straightforward person, mm-hmm. but again, the everyone's yeah, angry and crazy and all that sort of thing, and that's what's got her stirred up, so... We're dealing with a a seven, yeah. So we're looking at charming and empathize. That's a six. That's an eight. Ooh, an eight. Okay, good. Um, She got to clear away a point of pain. Yes. Yes, Yes, you can, because that was, uh, it's also related to Gene, because he was involved in this. So go ahead and and fill it up. In fact, if you want to, you can up your bond with Gene. I will do that. Decide, you know. Exactly that. You can sort of like add G. You can add Maria to the yeah. end there. Gene Wassler, Maria, you know, sort of the Wassler family now are, are you are you are in very close with them and their dealings at this point. Um, good, and that was let's see, six. Maria. So um, she buys it mm-hmm. after a while. Uh, you know, you you uh, uh, she settles down and relaxes, and you know, and stops coughing, and you don't actually have to give her another dose of uh, of the medicine once she settles in uh, and sort of uh, you know and, and drifts off. Um, but yeah, she, she feels comforted with, uh, with what you've said about, you know, what you can do to try and, mm-hmm. and, and keep him safe and keep the town safe. Um, yeah, when Hannah comes back, uh, you know, she tells you about like, you know, how great it is. She's like got this, you know, this package and she actually got, um, you know, some, uh, some beef ribs. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be cooking that tomorrow and it'll be delicious. You'll have a feast. It'll be wonderful. All right. Uh, we've got four points left on the war clock. If you have any other scenes you want to try and bring out. Um, um, I don't, but I think I'm going to generally uh, keep working on charming. Mm-hmm. Keep training charming as best I can and just sure. be friendly around, you know, 
taking Jean's words to heart that I've done a lot for the community and that I am I am a good person. I am a person, a good person. Okay. A person, a good person, a good person. Okay. All right. So let's uh, yeah. Let's uh three dice. All right. And you'll get to tick the first box under the three. That's a five. That's a five, which runs down the thing. So we're yeah. training. So I spend several I spend the last few days before Boza comes by just like mm-hmm. picking people up, you know, smiling. Being the sort of playing the goof a little bit, you know, like I realize I have a reputation for being a little clumsy. I have a reputation for being a little bit of an oaf. Maybe I'll lean into that. Okay. Maybe that's who I am now. Maybe that's who I've always been. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Burza seems to notice this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next time you see him, like you're coming out of your shift and he just sort of walks up and falls into step beside you. I mean, he's in town. He's around, but he mm-hmm. sort of tries to keep his distance. So it's not too obvious. You've taken on a lot more of an avuncular air of Inberg, I have to say. Past few weeks have been good for you. They have been. They have been. Well, I mean, as if you've seen the newspapers, you know that uh, things elsewhere are going okay. I mean, Asturia is practically on the ropes after Hammerblow, They're reaching the capital and uh, starting to do some damage there. Trouble, of course, is the Hansons are still in the mountain ranges, and that's where uh, we are now. That's where you're going next. There are uh, <coughs> placements in the mountains that need to be cleared. There are Hansons that need to be turned back before they can advance further. It's time for your next operation. And I think I think he kind of like breathes deep. He looks around and he says, Okay. Let's do it. After you, he opens the door to the yep. car. And he climbs in. And that's game. There we are. Another excellent, excellent installment. <laughs> I really like the change. I really enjoy the changes. To good, them. Like good. They feel really... The, the, the buff changes feel a lot more... I felt a lot more confident in like what they were doing and the actual impact of them. And the, they did, it added it made it gave some interesting touches to the dice rolls where I was just pushing through them, mm-hmm. especially this late in the campaign. Like it really creates an interesting conundrum of do I go for the debuff or is it or am I better suited to just punching through? Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because now I'm become more I'm more machine now, so I'm facing that question of do I of of is it better to just trust the machine that will tear everything apart? Mm-hmm. No, it's true. So it feeds into that central question very well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I do really enjoy the new buff system mm-hmm. because of it. I think it sped the combat up. I mean, if yeah. We were, I mean, each of those debuffs was another role. We've spent twice as long. Yeah, in that we, scene, we did a which, we did a lot of cool yeah, combat. Exactly, we covered a lot of fun things with that. And uh, yeah, and I think at this stage of the game, I mean, we're kind of at that point where what you're balancing is is the machine going to mm-hmm. go up? You know, is the rage going to? You know, is the the pain gonna um, the pain you've got a pretty good control over? Mm-hmm. But it's just the sense of is the rage is the machine too yeah. powerful now? Do you have to because you have to keep reining it in yeah, at this stage of the game? You know, yeah, it's so, that I'm you're yeah. spending my joy to dial it back and mm-hmm. not to spend it yeah. forward. Yeah, and, and I'm really happy with like all the relationships growing in town. Oh I, yeah, I love Gene. I oh, love Anna. These are great people. I, I love all of these. These characters are all very close <laughs> to me. Russell, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. As always, this is a delight. Oh, this is one of my favorite ongoing things. Sure, I will probably have to wind it up soon. I'm I think. Afraid, I think we're then. closing in. Yeah, yeah. But that just means that that just means that the game is that just means our campaign is almost done, which is even more exciting. That's true because it means I have to actually finish the book and uh, <laughs> release it. Yep. So this all this play testing done. I gotta gotta go forward. Campaign. Uh, so real quick, where can people find you online? Uh, let's see. Well, the best uh, places to try and track me down. Uh, I have my website robotclaw.info, where you can read about my previous game, Tears of a Machine, and uh, when I actually post up stuff about uh, Project Wingspan, that's where it'll be. 
Uh, on Twitter, I am at RobotClaw, if you want to try and find me there. Not on there as frequently as I used to be, but eh, I'm around. So, cool. you know, you'll find me. Rad. Well, I am going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Russell for coming onto the show. As always, be sure to check out RobotClaw.info for updates on all of Russell's work, and follow Russell on Twitter at RobotClaw. Then while you're on Twitter, you can follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. And join our Discord community at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. If you want to further support the show, you can consider backing our Patreon at Patreon.com slash Party of One Podcast. Patreon backers get access to bonus material, interviews, and many podcasts. And Patreon dollars help pay for hosting fees, equipment costs, and convention appearances. You can also leave us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout-out, or a word-of-mouth recommendation. All of those things help new people find the show, which helps us do bigger, better, and cooler things. If you want to hear more from me, consider checking out All My Fantasy Children, the character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast in which Eric Gatano, Saez, and I take your listener prompts and spin them into beautiful, thriving, vibrant fantasy characters. You can find that at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates coming onto the show, or you just want to share with me your year-end top ten lists, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. Well, that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.